Welcome to the show that nobody watches. It's your boy Crump Diddy. On today's special 4th of July podcast, we're talking about several different topics here from the whole crisis at the border to the 4th of July spectacular show that was held in D.C. today to the effects of social media and how stories are being presented without evidence to sway your opinion, to kind of brainwash you. But first, we'll go back to the, one of the main topics here is the 4th of July presentation held at Washington, D.C. by the president. Man, what a spectacular show. That's how you do 4th of July. You had the military on display, Blue Angels, tanks, an amazing, impressive speech by the president. Man, this is exactly how 4th of July is supposed to be after everything that's been happening for the longest, for at least the last almost 20 years in this country. That was a good refresher. That was a good pick-me-up. That was a good reminder how good it is, how great, how amazing it feels to be an American nowadays. A lot of people take this country for granted, and it seems, based on what I see every day on social media, there's a lot of people that not only take this country for granted, but don't apply logic, don't see how privileged they are. It's not about white privilege, Asian privilege, black privilege. It's American privilege. And this is a segue to what's going on at the crisis at the border. See, Republicans, have, been, especially Donald Trump, has been talking about there being a crisis at the border. He's been saying it for a while. And those on the left, the champions of the left, the white knights or whatever people mock them, not going to make fun of them, not going to call them names, but let's face it, they've been getting some pretty legit nicknames lately. They have been they were saying that there was no crisis at the border, that this was a made-up story to invoke fear, but, you know, that the Republicans were just doing this to invoke fear, to try to get funding for a wall. Well, turns out that all of them are now, without even admitting it, are actually agreeing with what the president and the Republicans are saying without giving him credit. Now they're admitting that there's a crisis because of what's going on in these whole detention centers. Now, here's the problem what a lot of people don't understand. Now, I grew up in Miami, a melting pot. And one of the things about growing up in Miami, one of the, and I'm pretty sure in any New York, California, any place where it's a melting pot, anybody who's, legitly, who's legitimately going to be honest will tell you the same thing. You ask any immigrant, any immigrant, or if you just complain about this country about the simple things that we have that we take for granted in this country to an immigrant they're going to tell you the same thing i've heard from years from people from cuba dominican republic venezuela uh colombia you're going to hear it because i've heard it from everybody everybody because i used to be a young and dumb kid complaining about shit being spoiled They'll tell you, they all used to tell me the same thing. It just didn't matter. It wasn't a coincidence. It wasn't anything. It was because it was just common common sense. They will tell you, man, you're complaining about that. You don't even know what it's like to be where we came from. You don't know what it's like to not have running water, you know, basic everyday plumbing. You don't know what it's like to live a life without electricity. You don't know what it's like to wonder if I get sick Am I going to be able to get the medication I need? It's this simple fever that my daughter has. Is this going to be the thing that takes her life? Because everyday common $5 Tylenol that we buy at the store that's available everywhere that could basically reduce a fever and pretty much take care of the problem. A lot of these people come from countries that they don't have that or if they do, it's too expensive. You know, oh man, you're complaining about that. You don't know what it's like to wonder if you're going to eat today. 
You don't know what it's like to have to bury your siblings. You know, you don't know what it's like. These people come from the real struggle. That's why I have a lot of respect for immigrants because they come from struggle. They know what it's like to live that life. And so that's why a lot of them, even though when they were advised not to, since since the Obama administration, at least as far as I know, people have been advising them not to make this crossing, not to bring your kids, not to separate from your kids to do these journeys, to pay the coyotes and all this stuff like that, not to take this trip because it's very dangerous. The heat, you know, how fast they go through water and supplies, you know, and that treacherous heat going, crossing all those miles to get to the border and then cross illegally. A lot of these kids and a lot of these elderly, a lot of these middle-aged people, this is the first time they've ever done such a trip, such a distance. Their body has never experienced that type of cardio, that type of heat exhaustion ever. But they're so desperate to leave their country because their country, and I've heard this several times growing up, whether it's from a Cuban, a Venezuelan, it doesn't matter. I've heard it from these people all the time. When you grow up in Miami, you could just turn your face in any direction and there's somebody you could talk to that would tell you how things were like in their country. And that's why they love America so much. Because even when you're poor in America, you still live like a fucking God compared to how people live in their countries. And that's the reason why they're willing to ignore the best advice possible about not taking this journey and and, and risking their lives to come to these these borders. And the problem is it's becoming it's becoming such an increased problem that the numbers have been tripling since the last 40 years. And these detention centers can't hold this amount of people coming in one big influx. It's a, it's just, there's just too many of them that they don't have enough time to process the, these asylum claims. Yes, it's, it's sad, the conditions that they're in, that they're overcrowded, of course. But, you know, a lot of them, you see these stories come out of the media that, you know, they're purposely separating kids. You know, they're purposely neglecting their them, their health. They're getting them sick, making them drink from toilet water. It's so funny that the people that are making these claims that have done these so-called tours and visits around these, uh, these, these centers, these detention facilities, they can't show a shred of evidence. They can't show actual video. Why don't they show the, their tour, the video footage of their tour? Because the only people who seem to be showing video tours of this are the people, the agents, the actual agents that work for the government, these facilities that are taking care of these people. They're the ones that are showing the, the video for just recently. We saw one of the directors, uh, you know, doing a, a video tour, showing them, listen, these are all the snacks and supplies that we have. He showed them the water fountain that they drink from, you know, the several water fountains that they have there where they collect clean water. You know, he even drank the water in front of the reporter. So look, it's clean water. It comes from a water fountain that you see everywhere. You know, it seems like the only people that can show evidence are the actual legitimate ones that have nothing to hide. They're working overtime to try to deal with this problem, you know, and, and at all they're getting sick. Some of them were already sick and injured because of the trip and they can't get to everybody in time. They don't have the reason. Now, I know they just passed an aid package recently and maybe that should help the problem a little bit, but it's not going to be a permanent fix. It's not going to solve the problem. You know, at least overnight, it's not. 
You know, yes, they need more judges to process these cases because here's another thing, too. You know, it's like what Ronald Reagan used to say. You know, Ronald Reagan, when he was running for presidency the first time around, he had a policy that made sense. Is if these people want to cross the border, you know, we vet them. And if, if everything checks out fine, they're not wanted, they're not murderers, they're not criminals, let them cross, let them work, let them pay taxes. And if they want to go back, let them go back. You know, there's something wrong with that as long as you're vetting every single one of them. You know, but the problem is if the, the Democrats, they just want to they want to open borders. And I understand you don't want to kick people out. I understand you're against supporting people. I understand it. But then your reasoning behind it and what you're asking for, it doesn't make sense. And it's actually part of the problem, because for the last 50 years, you have allowed this thing where you, ca- you just catch and release. You have 90 percent of the people that come over here. They want to better their lives. They want their. They don't want their kids to, to continue to grow up in uh, in, the, in these conditions. Their countries failed them, so they come and they look to America as the beacon of freedom, the symbol of hope, the American dream. That's what they talk about all, all over the world. Everybody wants it. That's why so many people from all over the world come over here. You know, and you, you see these stupid posts on Facebook. I got a bunch of dumb liberal friends on Facebook that. Uh, they post the stuff like, "Oh, this is how this is because of capitalism, and how this is how evil the evil corporations are." The corporations have nothing to fucking do with this shit. Yeah, sure, the farmers and agricultures, you know, because they give these people the jobs of, that nobody else wants to do. It's a smart business move, of course. You're going to see that where in a lot of the you know cleaning and agriculture, you're going to going to hire immigrants in the construction field. Yes, I get it. A lot of private contract, not corporations, private contractors, you know, and, and farmers, small time farmers, they hire these. I understand that. Yes, but that's because they're doing the jobs that nobody else wants to do. There's not a lot of people who are going to work on a farm for 12 hours a day for minimum wage. They won't do it. Nobody's going to do it. It's hard work. So in a way, it's it, there is a necessary evil to this type of immigration. But here's the thing. You know, these people... This so-called racist, evil, capitalist empire that a lot of my liberal friends like to paint America as. Good luck trying to convince. Do you think that's going to convince these immigrants not to come over here? They're going to look at you and say, are you serious? Man, shut the fuck up. I want to come over here. I want to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner like everybody else. I want my three meals a day. I'll, I'll work at McDonald's. I don't care. Give me a job, any job. Just let me come over here. Where I don't have to worry about drugs, famine, violence, diseases, corrupted cops that are paid off by the cartels. They don't want that life anymore. They want to live in, in a country where if you work hard, you can make something of yourself. You know, where there's access to medicine and, and foods and supermarkets and things like plumbing and AC. Just like regular everyday shit that even middle class and lower class people have access to that in their countries they would they would just dream if they could even have a lick a taste a smell of it and they want to come over here and say make talk shit if this country was as racist and evil and capitalistic fucking empire like you like to claim it be then nobody would be coming over here right this fucking place would be uh, immigrants would be fucking running far from here oh I don't want to hear that capitalism oh it's evil it's racist over there whoo I'm staying over here. No, they wouldn't want that. So it's like I tell my liberal friends, you're full of shit. 
You're not seeing the bigger picture here. Not that these people are trying to better life, but here's a problem. 90% of them are trying to better themselves. The reason why this has become a problem is because for the last 40 years, since we have, we have this thing where you just catch and release, there's that 10% that comes over here disguising themselves as innocent people, but they're really just gang members coming over here trying to establish a connection, a network to continue selling drugs and smuggling in weapons and drugs, you know, and to continue to expand their network of sex trafficking, you know, and violent crimes to establish territory and, and you know, dominance over the market of, you know, of just narcotics. And a lot of innocent people die and get raped and killed as a process of it. And that, that 10%, they don't care because word of mouth spreads strong. They say, hey, man, come over here. We can we can establish more turf over here. Fuck it. If they catch us, they arrest us. They're not going to keep us. They're just going to catch and release us and we'll just cross again. Since when you have that happening for like the last 40 years and on, you know, that's become such a cultural thing that word of mouth for decades spreads. And it just it's become generational. The thing, the norm, just catching on. Oh, it's fine. Because they know they're not going to be turned over to the authorities of their government where they came from. They're just going to be caught and released. They'll save up some money again and make it across again. Maybe kill another four more innocent people, rape a couple more victims, and keep selling drugs. You know, that's what they do. That's the reality. MS-13, all these local gangs in California, it, it, and, and on the East Coast, that's what they do. They cross, they, they group up, and they wreak havoc. Just no different than regular gangs but the problem is is that the regular gangs when they get arrested they're going to jail and they're staying there okay these they know they're not staying there they catch and release them you know because when especially they got no space for them so it's the difference there's a difference the gangs here are equally the problem but if they're from here and they get arrested they're staying behind bars depending on the crime that they do you know, so that's what a lot of people are not understanding. There's a crisis at the border, but there's just too many coming. You know, and there, these de- these detention facilities don't have the space to accommodate everybody. And a lot of times, even the resources. Yeah, sure, everybody gets fed, but probably not as frequently as they should. You know, because they're waiting for more shipments for more food. Yeah, they probably, you know, they all don't get a chance to bathe every day because there's fucking lines through the roof of, to use the showers they probably only have enough to shower 30 people at a time you, look how many thousands of people are there i mean i'm just i'm just making assumptions as far as how many people they can shower the, the, the thing of food and resources you know they can feed and take care of everybody but not as quickly as everybody would like them to do they can't expand their space overnight you know it takes time and unfortunately in that process people are gonna live in tents but i bet you anything though They'd rather be crowded, you know, in that facility, uncomfortable, probably in a bad mood, probably not sleeping well because of the lack of space. They'd rather be in that situation knowing that they're going to at least get a warm bath a couple times a week. They're going to be fed at least once or twice a day. They're going to be in safety. They don't have to worry about drug cartels, random drive-bys, you know, corrupted cops, you know, famine, diseases, you know, just you know just all the things that come with unfortunate living in a third world country it's a lot of corruption sure there's beautiful places in these third world countries and it's all tourist areas mainly but doesn't mean that the locals live a, a good life and these my liberal friends take a lot of things for granted they really do they take a lot of things for granted 
you know they they bash this country so much but then when you tell them well then why don't you leave then they stutter they stutter they start calling you racist not all my liberal friends but a lot of them because that's the trend the outrage culture that we see today that that's a segue to my next topic is the whole thing of what's going on with this outrage culture i mean it's been going on for what a couple of years now i mean i know it's always kind of been the thing but now more than ever it's been really popular to be offended by everything you know people post articles that are old but make it seem like it's new people post articles from uncredited sources from these fucking overnight journalism things that are designed to just clickbait people don't understand if they all they have to do is get liberals to read a catchy headline from a website that literally was just made two weeks ago no sources nothing they, they, they it's fucking nowadays you can make a website on your phone using an app all they have to do is make a fake ass article with a catchy headline with some realistic photos that were stolen from actual legitimate news sites put out of context with some fake ass taglines and they get the bills paid because they know these liberal these liberal left-wing people are going to go crazy when they see that headline on that fake article and they're going to click it click it click it click and every click is paying somebody's fucking mortgage paying somebody's rent somebody's car insurance that's how it's overnight fake journalism you know and i hate to say that the whole thing about fake news i'm not some conservative fanboy but I'll tell you right now, the conservatives are going to win re-election because of shit like this. Because people are spreading outrage culture all over. And I actually, to, to be positive on this at the same time, I actually kind of think that the outrage culture is kind of dying out. Even though it's it's gotten popular and it's spread out the last couple of years, its impact is actually dying. A lot of people were starting because of fact-checking. Because that was the only way people... This, this outrage culture was happening so much that people at first didn't know how to fight fight this back because you know how it is if you speak out you lose your job they, they hunt you down they they doss you and every I mean it's just it's sad you know whatever happened to the days that hey whatever you do off the clock I don't give a shit as long as you clock in and you do what you're supposed to do that's all that matters what you do off the clock I don't care it has nothing to do with us because it doesn't make us money. Whatever happened to those days? Because I remember when things used to be like that. Where it's like, listen, you can snort 700 pounds of coke. You can be the biggest heroin dealer, sex trafficker, evil son of a bitch on the internet. Posting the most fucked up racist memes ever. You could be the biggest piece of shit. As long as it's off the clock, I don't care. But when you're on the clock, make me fucking money. Make us the fucking money. Make us money, you fucking slave, you piece of shit. You're going to do what the fuck we say. Off the clock? Hey, that's cool. Be yourself. I don't care. Fuck off. If it's not making me money and you're not on the clock, I don't give a shit. Fuck you. Get the fuck out of my face. That's how things used to be. But now all of a sudden, you're on constant 24-7 monitoring. It's crazy. Free speech off the clock you can your life can just be ruined now it doesn't mean that saying these things should be acceptable no a lot of times when people say stupid shit like racist shit or hateful things or whatever it's it's disgusting and it shouldn't be tolerated bigotry and racism and hatred it shouldn't be tolerated and people should fight back in the sense of responding back and 
defending themselves like hey what the fuck that's fucked up man that's disgusting of you you're a piece of shit whatever you know fuck it i mean it's stupid it's not gonna get anywhere but you know if you want to speak out on it call the person out on it that's fine but then calling their job you know like and i don't know man i just disagree with that i mean i get it the person should be called out online you want to have a debate online you want to call the person out but fucking you know but even people that are not saying shit that's racist you know, because people who say, like I said, people who say that racist, bigotry shit, they're fucking assholes. They're disgusting, and there's no room for this in this world. But the the to take their fucking livelihood, man, you don't know if that person's got kids. You know, now you're gonna take their income away. You know, by getting them fired, what is that gonna solve? The person's still gonna have that opinion. Why not have a, an open debate? So that's the thing we can't even do that anymore. If somebody's speaking some nonsense, why don't you try to debate them, try to understand where they're coming from, speak to them, get to them, to their heart, so you can try to change their mind, try to change their way of thinking. But no, we can't even do that anymore, because what's the first thing we do is we just cry, we cry wolf and we go after the jobs. But even people that don't say things that are offensive, that are just speaking their mind, we still go after their jobs too. It's crazy. It's like, and the, and the companies will fire them. Rather than just be like, hey, listen, I don't know who you are. I don't give a shit. He's an employee. He works here. But as long as he's not breaking no laws and it's off the clock, I don't give a shit. Please don't call us back. Leave us alone. Like, they don't do that anymore like they used to. You know, somebody can have an opinion on Antifa. And because it's offensive, they'll lose their job. It's crazy. It's stupid. You know, and people bash the president, you know, blaming him for shit. And a lot of these things, like going back to the whole thing with the border, a lot of these these most of them because i know some of them are new stuff that he signed into law recently but most of the restri- the rules and regulations that happened that's going on with ice and people at the border that was signed in under bush on his last year of service I mean, not service his last year of his presidency of his second term and congress had plenty of years to change it during the obama administration and they never did that's why you saw the most amount of people deported under obama's uh, presidency because Bush's last year in service, he got all these new things signed into law and it just stayed into effect. And naturally, like any law that you sign, it takes some time to really fully take effect and really be part of the regular everyday routine. So, of course, his last year of uh, uh, an office, he signed something. It's eventually going to take about a year or two to become the norm. And guess what? Who was president in that year or two? Obama. So that's why you saw a high amount of fucking, you know, deportations. And people were still stuck in cages. This whole thing at the border, it didn't just start happening during Trump. It was happening, especially around the second term of Obama's presidency. That's why you have a lot of those photos that people are going back and pulling up from the from the archives of children in cages and everything and from 2013, 2014. This has been going on for the longest. This is nothing new. This has been going on for the last nine years, heavily because of these new restrictions that were signed. And that's why Trump was trying to say that we need to change these laws, that they don't like them, and the Congress needs to come together and come up with some bipartisan bill to fix these things and really correct the problem. You know, this is the, the one guy that, you know what, say whatever you want to say about him. You know, the economy is doing good. He's the first sitting president to go to North Korea on their turf, you know, and talk things over with them and try to establish, hopefully, a, a peace agreement. You know, something, you know, which is more than any president before him can say, you know, Democrats and Republicans need to come together. You know, they're stupid conservatives, too. Don't don't make us don't 
take this the wrong way. I'm not just bashing liberals. I know some liberals that are ashamed to even call themselves liberals nowadays. They're like liberals in hiding because of how fucking crazy and how progressive and far off the spectrum these new Democrats and these new, I mean, these new liberals are, are becoming. They're like liberals in hiding, you know, and they're afraid to speak out because you know what happens when you speak out. You know, you got the G mafia coming after you and your jobs and your livelihood and you're labeled a racist, even though you said nothing racist, you know, it's, it's just sad. That's how things are, you know, and it's, it's so back to the social media point. I'm going to be bouncing back from different topics because they all somehow, you know, go together, you know, I mean, the economy's good and everything. And then on social media, people still bash the president. You know, he's making peace with North Korea. They still bash the president. You know, he wants to, to get Congress together to sign an aid package to help, you know, bring emergency supplies and care and everything to fix the problem at the border, at least to reduce it. People still bash the president. You know, he wants to sign it. He wants to get Congress together to pass new immigration laws so we can fix this problem. They still get bash the president. Nothing he does can ever be recognized because they'll just say he's a liar. That's not true. They'll bring them some, like, once again, fake-ass articles from fake-ass journalist companies that were made overnight that just make these articles for clickbaits that are supposedly debunking the president's achievements. You know, and it's just, come on, man. Come on. Get real. You know, I didn't like Bush. I hated Bush as a president because not because not because it was positive because I thought Bush was really good. I thought Bush, when it came to domestic problems, Bush was really good. Um, I mean, teachers, teachers were getting paid what they deserved when Bush was president. You know, um, I mean, there was a lot of renovations for schools that were going on. The education system, no child left behind. There was a lot of things he did for education, for you know, local, for local cities, and you know, for roads. To be um, to be rebuilt. I remember when he was president, a lot of roads were being uh, they were re- they were re- almost like refurbishing them. They were doing maintenance on a lot of roads. They were building new new roads. They were really putting money back into the state parks. I mean, Bush domestically wasn't a bad president. Where Bush was a piece of shit, or maybe not him per se, but his advisors or whoever was his fucking foreign affairs. You know, invading Iraq over some stupid claim of weapons of mass destruction. The whole thing of what happened in Afghanistan being stretched out too long, not being able to find bin Laden. It's crazy. I mean, I understand it's easier said than done. These are very sensitive, complex, uh, you know, issues. But it just, he didn't sit well with foreign affairs too well. There was a lot of mistakes that, and I get it. When you're in that president, you don't expect, you know, the towers to come down on your watch. You don't expect to be going into a war the war on terror, which to this day is still a thing, sadly, you know, so I get it. Maybe he wasn't prepared for it. Neither anybody on his cabinet crew was prepared for it, but a lot of people died and a lot of people suffered, you know, a fucking life changing injuries. They were never the same because of this shit. And I get it. You come knock down on towers, you come in asking for the death sentence. I get it. But, you know, Bush has signed a lot of shit immigration-wise that is still to affect to this day, and it's become the problem. You know, Bill Clinton. I love Bill Clinton, my favorite president. You know, and, I mean, Trump's becoming almost a tie with him 
You know, Bill Clinton did a lot of th- a lot of good things, but Bill Clinton made mistakes too. You know, he fucking Black Hawk down. You know, the, the whole issues that were happening with the embassies getting bombed. You know, it's just uh, shit happened on his watch too. The whole thing that happened in Waco, Texas. You know, there's a lot of things that these presidents are gonna make mistakes. They're gonna fuck up. They're gonna fuck up. There's not one president that you can name that didn't that wasn't part of some sort of scandal, some sort of incident, didn't drop the ball on something. Every because it's you don't know what it's like until you're in that chair and in that position. That's what every president, when they walk out of that office for good, always coincidentally says the same thing. Jimmy Carter said the same thing. You don't know what it's like. You know, Ronald Reagan said the same thing. You know, Ronald Reagan thought when he got into the office, he was simply just going to be commander chief and telling everybody what to do. Ronald Reagan didn't have a clue that there was going to be uh, a tug of war in Congress, that Congress was going to fight him on everything. You know, fucking Bush senior, same thing. You know, he didn't win re-election. You know, Bill Clinton beat his fucking ass. You know why? Because fucking read my lips, no new taxes, shit that he didn't keep his word on. I mean, we can go on everything, you know. But anyways, guys, I just want to say, I want to wrap this up here. Um, it's, it's a lot of issues going on, but over and all, things hopefully will set themselves clear. It's been a lovely 4th of July. Let me know what you think about all the things that are going on right now and about all the good things that's going on with the president, you know, and some of the things that could happen. What would you suggest should be the things that we change? You never know. The, the person you least, least expected can have the ideas that work for a generation. You just never know, guys. I hope you had a fantastic 4th of July. It's your boy, Crump Diddy. Peace.